0: This is The Jerry Callahan Show. I don't know I've asked this before many, many times. I'm going to ask it again. What were you doing last night at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock if you weren't watching this football game? If you, if you were watching something else or reading a book, I feel bad for you because there is no show better than the NFL. Scorsese. Scorsese. Scorsese couldn't do this Uh, Spielberg couldn't do this Uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino couldn't do some, put something together this dramatic, this painful, this excruciating, this unpredictable. I'm telling you, I sit there, I did it Sunday. I did it Sunday until Sunday night. I did it all Sunday afternoon saying what a great show. I mean, I hate Roger Goodell. I hate, you know, a lot of the teams, a lot of the coaches, a lot of the players, but uh, you cannot hate the product. The product is just, One of a kind. There's nothing like it in sports. There's nothing like it in Hollywood. There's nothing like it on Broadway. Uh, If you missed it last night, you missed one of the most just cruel, one of the most cruel things I think I've ever seen. I was trying to remember, trying to think back to something like this. Uh, Tom Brady blew out his ACL in the first game uh, after the magical 2007 season, the undefeated season that ended in defeat. Uh, but he came back the next year. Bernard Pollard plowed into his leg and blew out his ACL in the first game in 08. Changed the rule, by the way. He couldn't hit the quarterback at the knees anymore. Uh, you know, Dan Marino blew out his Achilles. I remember that. He was never the same. You've seen things like this before, but I'm not sure there was anything this dramatic. Uh, Aaron Rodgers making his debut with the New York Jets and just filling filling the city and the stadium with confidence. This was going to be their year I was glued. I was locked in. I love watching Aaron Rodgers play. The whole idea of him playing at home in New York on 9-11, running onto the field with American flag. We're watching it right now. Just a spectacular show to start this, to kick off this new era in New York, hosting the Buffalo Bills, the best team in the division with the, uh, with the dynamic Josh Allen, at quarterback. It was all set up to have a great game, a great performance by the quarterback, a big night in New York on 9-11, coaches wearing their FDNY hats. Um, it couldn't have been better. Well, about, I don't know, 10 minutes later, four plays into Aaron Rodgers' Jets career. He goes down. It didn't look good. They were, they were saying ankle But it didn't look like he really wrenched his ankle. It didn't look like he wrenched his knee. I'm thinking initially you're thinking ACL because those are so common these days. Uh, He gets uh, taken off the field, carted off, and they declare him out for the game. They bring in his backup, Zach Wilson, one one of the great disasters in Jets history, drafting him. Uh, with their number one pick a couple of years ago. He was dreadful last season. He just looks overwhelmed, overmatched. It looks like a really bad pick, but he's their guy now because Aaron Rodgers, according to reports, has blown out his Achilles. That means he's out for the year. The 39-year-old Rodgers will not be back in a Jets uniform until he's 40, and we'll go through this all again next year because the Jets are a good team with a, good de- with a really good defense and some good-skilled players. This was the, I mean, if Rogers had remained healthy uh, and we got to see these guys on Monday Night Football with the Manning cast and the whole world watching, I think today people would be talking about the Jets as legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Well, that's not the case anymore. They went from uh, 18 to 1 to win the Super Bowl to 35 to 1 after Rogers went down. I'm not sure. Too many players are as important to their team as Aaron Rodgers for a number of reasons, one being his backup stinks. His backup went on to, for the most part, stink in this game, Zach Wilson, but he played good enough for the Jets to pull this out. He made a couple of, I'm going to say two or three good throws in the game. One uh, wasn't a great throw, but it was a great catch by Garrett Wilson, one of the greatest catches you will ever see Uh, For a touchdown, Um, I'm not sure Zach Wilson put the ball where it had to be, but it was good enough. He went 14 for 21, one touchdown, one interception. But it's just a tease. I mean, they beat the Bills in overtime with a punt return for a touchdown. If you were uh, uh, fast asleep or you were watching something else, it was just one of the most dramatic dramatic endings to just a dramatic night, a day in New York. Everybody was glued, glued to this thing. By the end of the day, if you were, you know, getting your updates on social media, you had to check it out. And uh, it ended with a, with the punt return from a touchdown from an undrafted nobody. But the story was Rogers. The story remains Rogers. Jets fans are just suffering. Real Jets fans like Montante, who uh, is we'll 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 talk to Montante uh, this week and. Uh, get his reaction, but I'm sure he knows it's over. Fake Jet, jet fans like uh, Mike Greenberg, who pretends that he lives and dies with his team, which nobody does that in the in the business. No ESPN anchor or, or journalist really has, uh, you know, that kind of passion for a team. It's just, it's just you can't if, if you're doing your job correctly. But he pretends, and he came on this morning. I watched it, and he told him, stop the music. Stop this. I can't do this. I can't. Uh, I can't pretend and he was suffering and they were all consoling him and they're going through the motions. It's all, all for show. But it was a, just a, such an incredibly emotional up and down uh, night. Um, It's over for the jets, even though they got all these studs, they got all these, uh, you know, uh, new additions and they got Brees Hall back and they got sauce Gardner and they got Dalvin cook It's just a tease. You guys got no shot because uh, because Zach Wilson stinks. I watched him in college, and he was great. And I was thinking, uh, looking at the Patriots, saying if he could drop to whatever they were picking, 9 or 10, he'd be a good choice. He went number two, I believe. Is that correct? He went number two in the draft? I think he did. And he looked good. He still looks good physically but he doesn't have the brains. He doesn't have the wherewithal. As Troy Aikman pointed out many, many times, as Peyton Manning's pointed out, he doesn't grasp the offense. He doesn't do what the great quarterbacks do, anticipate and lead guys. And he makes bad decisions. He's he's going to be overwhelmed. It's not going to work out for you guys. You might ride your defense and your uh, skill guys to, uh, to wins like last night. You might win, I don't know, seven or eight. But you ain't going to the Super Bowl, which was a real possibility, with Aaron Rodgers, who is uh, probably going to, uh, you know, get he's getting an MRI today. He'll get surgery soon. We won't see him again, uh, except on the sideline for, uh, for a year, which is too bad. He's one of the most entertaining guys to watch. Him in a new uniform was going to be a blast to watch. It ain't happening. I just went over all the uh, possibilities for the Jets. Uh, of, of course, immediately people are tweeting about Tom Brady. He's, he looks like he's in game shape. He could come back. That's not happening. Brady has moved, moved on finally. And the choices, the, uh, the list of potential replacements, if they determine that Zach Wilson can't do it and he can't, is just awful. Joe Flack is an ESPN guy, Bill Barnwell, with the whole uh, analysis this morning. Um, Joe Flacco, uh, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, who retired but hasn't filed his retirement papers yet, and went to work for uh, who do you go to work for? CBS? Uh, yeah, CBS now. So uh, Colt McCoy, Chase Daniel, Mike Glennon. There's nothing. There's nothing. Which as a I mean, as a kid I hated the Jets, and at times I've hated the Jets, but they provide entertainment. They're, you know, they're a pretty colorful team and they're in the division and I enjoy the matchups. I enjoyed the Rex Ryan era. Uh, they finally had their quarterback and he lasted four plays. Four plays. This is, this is why you watch football. This is why you watch sports. This, is, they don't, this doesn't happen in real life. You don't have this kind of drama. Football is really dangerous. It is really uh, <laughs> physical. And this could happen at any play, at any level, high school, college. And it part, I mean, you don't appreciate it, but it is one of the reasons it's such a great game. It is there's a gladiator element to it that you you might see a guy die on the next play. You don't want to admit it, that's deep dark secret. But you might see something like this on any play, and your heart breaks for Rogers and for real Jets fans and for New York. But this is part of the appeal. You never know. You never know when someone can go down, tear his Achilles, and just be gone for the year. Think of how we've spent the last six months, or whatever it's been, three or four months, since they made the trade with the Packers. This has been the biggest story. Hard Knocks helped, but and New York helps, but it's been the biggest story in the NFL, and it lasted, what would that be, Three minutes, and it was over. Just cruel. Of course, it wouldn't be a uh, quarterback story without the usual suspects. In this case, Jamel Hill chiming in saying there's a quarterback ready to go, ready to replace him. Uh, he lives in New Jersey. His name rhymes. What is she right here? Her name rhymes with Hapernick. That's cute. She's so creative. His name rhymes with Hapernick. I mean, what does that even mean? That's like something a sixth grader would write in a school paper. God, she's a terrible writer. She writes, there's a QB right here in New Jersey, ready to go. He went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, (laughs) he's been out of the game for seven years. And before that, he sucked for for two years before that. The Super Bowl was what, nine years ago? 10 years ago. Oh, they just won't let it go. I'd be all for it. I, want, I, as I've said many times, I'd love to see Kaepernick come back and fail miserably again. He will, if he ever did come back, if he ever got a chance and he doesn't really want a chance, it's more profitable, more lucrative, and certainly uh, safer to sit on the sidelines and live the life of a martyr with fools like Jamel Hill propping you up. But that would be spectacular. To having, having to watch Montante root for him would be the best part. Yeah. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I, I, I feel bad. for. I mean, I, there's a lot of obnoxious Jets fans. Fireman Ed, the guy last night that they put the camera on, the guy in the audience uh, in the crowd, and he just flipped the finger to the camera, and everyone was tweeting out the picture. I mean, this hurts. This is brutal. This is painful. All those Rogers jerseys in the in the crowd. Maybe he'll never play for the Jets again. He'll be forty. He's a weirdo. He might just walk off into the sunset and do his uh, mushrooms and hallucin- hallucinogenics. Um, but uh, and you know maybe maybe he'll be on with Pat uh, Matt McAfee tomorrow and talk about how he's determined to come back as soon as possible. But there's no no uh, chance of him coming back and playing this year. You know, we should get to this story, my favorite, my, the, 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 the funniest story of 9 11. Um, <laughs> DraftKings, Boston based DraftKings, offered a parlay, a 9 11 parlay. You could bet on the Jets, Giants, and Yankees. get <laughs> three team parlay. And uh, how'd it go? The Jets lost. The Giants got, I mean, the Jets won. Giants got crushed. I have no idea how the Yankees did. Uh, the Yankees and Red Sox got postponed, and the Jet, uh, the Mets lost four to three. Uh, but the Mets aren't involved in that. It was a three team, wasn't it? Three it was- teams, or the Mets also? Oh, there it is. I'm sorry, the Mets are also involved. So okay, so they didn't include the Giants. Why would that be? I don't know. It's it's the Mets, Yankees, and Jets. You get to bet the three of them. Special. And oh, it's it because they're all playing that night. That's why. And it says never forget. <laughs> Oh, that's right. The Giants didn't play on 9/11. Good point. Bet these New York teams to win tonight on 9/11. Never forget. And they uh, and they got absolutely excoriated, and they pulled it down, and they issued an apology. And the 9/11 families uh, denounced this as well. They should. It's hard to believe someone was sitting in an office here in Boston and said, "Here's an idea for 9/11." I mean, the, the tone deafness on the part of people about 9-11 after 22 years is astounding. I mean, we're, we're going to get to the president and we're going to get to the Iran deal, which happened on 9-11. But other people like, like Kamala Harris went to ground zero and the cameras were on her and she was laughing. It's just remarkable how people don't appreciate the gravity, the, 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 the sacred nature of this day of what happened on this day, how the world changed on this day. And you have this our buffoon, our lost soul of a president who didn't even deign to show up on the, on the anniversary, the 22nd anniversary, didn't show up at nine, didn't show up at ground zero, Shanksville, DC, the Pentagon, nothing. Didn't think it was worth his time. This is mind boggling, even by Joe Biden's standards. And we talked about it yesterday. Um, he he couldn't couldn't make it to New York or to D.C. where I think he lives because he was in Vietnam babbling incoherently about global warming in Vietnam uh, and then he couldn't make it all the way back to D.C. for some reason I'm not sure what I mean. You, there's a bed on the plane. He could have slept the whole way. I'm probably probably slept all the way to Alaska. Uh, we'll get to this because it's just I. I it, I'm going to tell you a little inside thing. Yesterday, as we're preparing for our 9-11 show, I was Googling, trying to find out where Biden was on 9-11. You know why? Because I knew he would do this. Now, I didn't tweet about it. I didn't say anything yesterday. We had so much to get to. We didn't get to it. But I knew there was a good chance he would do this. He was say he was in uh, uh, New York. He was there obviously he was in dc he was in the senate on 912 today 22 years ago he was making a speech on the senate floor about 911 or about the attacks or whatever didn't go to D- uh, new york for another week but he makes this appearance which was just the whole the whole idea of him stopping in alaska and speaking to a small crowd of 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 uh, service members on 911 again this guy sucks at the job in every capacity, every way, but he really sucks at the easy parts at the, at the uh, three, uh, two foot putts at the layups. He can't do the layups. He just can't. He can't do a ceremony honoring a medal of honor winner a week ago. Can't do that. He can't console uh, gold star families. He can't go to East Palestine and just show up and shake some hands talk to the mayor and go home. He can't do the, he can't go to Maui and just make it about the victims. He has to make it about him and his cat. He can't do the easiest parts of the job. Never seen anything like it. I know he's dumb. We know he's senile. We know he's corrupt, but you should still be able to do this. You should still be able to go to ground zero. You should do what, what, so many politicians did. The whole crowd was politicians. All of them stayed in their little section, except for Ron DeSantis, who, by the way, didn't take part in the official ceremony with the politicians. He was with families touring the place and talking to them. It was a great day for DeSantis. I, I was really impressed with the way he handled it. But, and there were others, obviously, in D.C. We talked about it yesterday. Austin and Millie made speeches at the Pentagon. They did fine. They did fine. They did their job. This guy didn't. He did not do his job yesterday. Stopping in Alaska and lying about 9-11, which is what he does. I knew he would do it. And I, should, I should have predicted it, but I knew he would go to Anchorage and lie, and that's what he did. It's ama- There is nothing, nothing he won't lie about, nothing he won't exaggerate, nothing he won't try to, try to uh, force himself into. It has to be about him, his tragedies, his loss, his life. I mean, most of it's made up. Hell, he introduced the governor, Mike Dunleavy, who doesn't like Biden, by the way. I heard an interview. He didn't want Biden there. They went to the same high school, I guess. I mean, who knows? Maybe they didn't. And he started talking about he wished they played ball together because then he would have been an All-American. That's how he opened his speech, his appearance on 9-11. Talking about if he had better teammates, I don't even know what sport he was talking about. Basketball, football. He would have been an All-American if he had Mike Dunleavy. <sighs> okay. That's not the bad. That's, that's not the real embarrassing part. This is, he talks about 9-11 and he flat out lies. And once again, there's no gray area here. This is not, there's nothing nebulous about this. He says he was at ground zero. The next day, that would be nine twelve oh one. He was not at Ground Zero the next day. Now, the media, whose full time job is covering for this liar, didn't didn't know what to do with this. The New York Times they they found a way. I'll I'll get to it. But let's listen to Biden, and then we'll I'll t- I'll show you how the New York Times that that just the biggest. Sh- shameless, lying lick of them all, how they uh, how they handled it. But uh, let's listen to our Commander-in-Chief on 9-11 flat-out lied to the world. Go ahead. To renew our sacred vow, never forget, never forget, we never forget. Each of us, each of those precious lives
1: stolen too soon when evil attacked. Ground Zero, in New York.
0: And I remember standing there the next day and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating because the way you could the way from where you could stand. <laughs> so so he doesn't just lie, he makes he dramatizes it. I looked into the gates of hell. No, he did not. He wasn't there. I mean, he maybe maybe you picked the Senate floor's the gates of hell, but he was in DC on the Senate floor. He was not there. He has to always make it about himself. And I guess we got our answer as to why they did this. I mean, I asked it yesterday. I'll ask it again. Why why would you do this? If you're his handlers, if you're his visiting angels, why wouldn't you keep flying? So you refuel, you keep flying and you get to DC and you shake some hands and you treat this occasion with dignity like you are supposed to. Well, the answer is they knew he would do this. If you're Kareem Jean-Pierre or whoever's behind the scenes or Valerie Jarrett or Barack Obama, you know this buffoon was going, you know he's going to lie. You know he's going to embarrass himself. You know he's going to embarrass the country. You saw what he did in uh, Vietnam. It was the low point of a two and a half years of low points, there was nothing more embarrassing than his performance on Sunday. I told you yesterday, if you haven't seen it, watch the whole thing. It's only 20, 25 minutes. It is staggering. He's, he's confused. He's lost. He's lying. He's mumbling. He's wandering around. He's babbling on about dog-faced pony soldiers and, and good morning Vietnam. Here was how the New York Times covered that, that flat-out bold-faced lie. They write this morning, Mr. Biden recalled how he stood at ground zero after the attacks, looking at the wreckage that resembled gates of hell. But he said he was struck by the courage he witnessed in the days and years after. So the paper of record to the New York Times, which uh, used to be a newspaper, which some people think is a credible source, doesn't mention they covered up <laughs> that the president said he was there on nine twelve. He was there the next day. And their reporters, who are with the president, by the way, leave that out conveniently. Leave that out. And by the way, they've got a new tactic to cover for Biden's corruption. As we know today, they're going to start the impeachment inquiry. It's about freaking time, obviously. There's reason. There's plenty of evidence. They don't don't call it – they don't say there's no evidence anymore. They changed the narrative, the messaging. It's gone out. It's gone out to – Congress people, Dan Goldman, has gone out to the New York Times. They've changed it from there's no evidence to there's no hard evidence or no direct evidence. You watch all day today, Democrats will say there's no hard evidence, no direct evidence. That's the word they've gotten from uh, the White House. And as usual, the uh, throne sniffing state media will go with it no hard evidence. Oh, there's evidence, but it's not hard. Oh, this is just was just such an embarrassing day for our country, uh, not our entire country, but certainly for our president. Uh, when he blew off the ceremonies in New York, in D.C., uh, he was asked. The White House was asked, "Why? Why would you do this? It's it's mind boggling. Why you would do this?" Um, Peter Ducey asked the White House, and you're not going to believe their response. It's it's typical. It's it's incoherent, and it's flat-out. Flannel- Wrong. But uh, Ducey uh, asked the White House, he got an answer. They didn't go on camera with him, but we'll let him explain. Let's listen to Ducey. Uh,
1: our focus the last couple of days has been on President Biden here in South Asia. And when I asked a White House official why it is that President Biden is, was here and missing the 9/11 uh, commemorations at the attack sites, the analogy that I was given is that 22 years after Pearl Harbor, U.S. presidents were not still going to visit
0: Hawaii. <laughs> okay, uh, let's let's analyze. Uh, New York and D.C. are a little different than Pearl Harbor. They're New York and D.C. One of one of them is where he lives. One's where the White House is. The White House, which was a potential target of the terrorists on United 93, the heroes of 9/11, as we talked about yesterday, Todd Beamer, uh, Jeremy Glick, uh, um, uh, the, uh, Tom Burnett. And uh, Mark Bingham, the four heroes who stormed the cockpit. Oh, I forgot. Bo Biden was there, too. So the five heroes who stormed the cockpit and took down the terrorists and crashed the plane into Shanksville, Pennsylvania, saved either the White House or the Capitol. We're not sure which, but that's where it was heading. Joe Biden was in the Capitol. They might have saved his life. And he doesn't think it's worth mentioning those guys on 9-11, not mentioning all the heroes not 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 showing up with their families hell you show up because this was the heart this is our the heart of the nation the dc and new york that's why they attacked there Uh, the attack on pearl harbor was was horrendous but it's a military installation it's not like the symbol of the country which is what the world trade center the Capitol, the pentagon were and the idea that he might have been saved by these guys and didn't think they're worth mentioning uh, is is unbelievable. Secondly, guess where? Guess who was at Pearl Harbor in night on uh, December seventh, nineteen sixty-three. That would be twenty-two years after the attack. Care to guess, Ironhead? As as uh, Joe Biden would say, guess what? Guess what? <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> Watch me. Who do you think was visiting Pearl Harbor on? December, oh, I'm sorry, not December 7th, 1963. Uh, no, was that the year before? It couldn't have been December 7th, 1963. That's wrong. I'm wrong. Uh, let me check. double check on that. Uh, what, oh, it might have been the 20th anniversary, the 20th anniversary the, the president visited. But so what? I mean, that's your excuse? That they didn't go, the presidents don't go to Pearl Harbor every year. It's, it's, it's Pearl Harbor. It's Hawaii. It's not D.C. Reagan it's not New York.
1: Reagan went to Normandy. We played it not that long ago.
0: That's true. and That was spectacular. I mean, and beside the point, wouldn't you want to be there? Wouldn't you want to be there if you're Joe Biden? Again, it's, they like you. I mean, most of the country hates you. But when you show up at these things, you don't get booed and heckled. You know, it's, you, you get cheered. They appreciate it. You you belong there. Instead, he was sleeping in in uh, Anchorage and uh, returning. I guess today, you know, he can go back to Ground Zero, the 22nd anniversary of when he looked into the gates of hell. Just incredible. And if you didn't think that was bad enough, we just um, we just freed up six billion dollars for the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. We did that on nine 11. We'll get to that. It's just an incredible story. It's the, I mean, we're talking about tone deafness of the messaging. It doesn't get any worse than this given a big fat check, or should I say big fat pile of cash to Iran on nine 11. Oh, just amazing. Uh, we got a, uh, a liberal, an MSNBC guy, a podcaster saying he wants to see Trump die in prison. That's the new, I want to defend the guy, but I'll explain to you how I will, I, I will get to that. I want to defend him. Yes, I will defend him. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Aaron Rodgers. See what the latest is. I think he's uh, heading for an MRI right now. It's not going to be good. It's a torn Achilles. Everybody knows it. And uh, everybody is, uh, either genuinely broken up about this, genuinely bummed, or they're pretending to be. It's kind of a thing in the media, but uh, we'll get to that and more. But first, I, 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 excuse me. imagine this. It's the dead of the night. You're lying in bed. Suddenly you hear something go bump. What's your next move? Well, you reach for the ultimate solution, the new MC-14T tip-up pistol from EAA Corp and Girsan. This game-changing firearm is perfect for those with limited hand strength, disabilities, or anyone seeking a comfortable and user-friendly alternative. Picture this. The MC-14T features an ingenious tip-up barrel design, making loading and unloading a breeze. Say goodbye to struggles while racking a slide. Just load the tip-up barrel, lock it back down, and you're ready to fire. The MC-14T is chambered in 380 ACP, boasting a 13-plus-1 round capacity, with its reliable stopping power and compact size, it's an excellent choice for personal defense. Complete with accessory rail and ambidextrous safeties, experience a new level of convenience. Available with all EAA Corp. distributors, starting at an incredibly affordable MSRP of just $498. Don't miss out on this game-changing firearm. Visit EAA Corp.com today. That's E-A-A-C-O-R-P.com. I don't even, I don't, I know like the White House, I know they're uh, incompetent. I know Corinne Jean Pierre is a dummy. I know Kamala Harris is a dummy. And I know, jo- but don't they have any like adults in the room? I mean, they got a whatever, billions in their budget, billions. Why would you do this? I mean, why? I understand that, whatever. I mean, they, here it is from uh, the New York Post. The Biden administration notified Congress on Monday, that would be 9 11, that it had agreed to unfreeze $6 billion in Iranian assets in exchange for the re- release of five American citizens held for years by the theocratic Tehran government. The deal also calls for the freeing of five unidentified Iranians held by the U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. A total embarrassment to this country signed off Friday on a waiver permitting banks in Europe, Asia and Middle East to transfer the funds to accounts at Qatar's central bank where they were, where they were meant to be used for humanitarian reasons. Yeah, sure, That's exactly what they're going to do. All right. Here's the talking point from uh, MSNBC and CNN, New York Times. It's their money. It's not our money. It's their money that they're now free to use to sponsor terrorism. Um, This, by the way, a country, the leader of Al Qaeda is in Iran. Iran supported 9-11 and on 9-11, they supported the efforts on 9-11 on 9-11, 22 years later, we hand them $6 billion. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm no, uh, uh, you know, bureaucrat, government bureaucrat, but wouldn't someone in the room raise a hand and say, could we wait a day? Can we wait to nine thirteen, maybe nine fifteen, or wait a month? What was the compelling reason to do this on nine eleven, other than the fact that these people don't give a damn about nine eleven? What other conclusion can you come to when the president is in Alaska, when uh, uh, they they, they announce six billion dollars and hostage exchange on nine eleven? when uh, the border's wide open and uh, people on the terror watch list are walking into the country, it really is remarkable. They talk about how the country changed on nine eleven oh one, and it did in some ways. Did it change for the better? I mean, we literally have thousands of people crossing the border, unvetted, forget unvaccinated, unvetted, could be the next Mohammed Atta crossing the border. Who knows? But then we, we, and we, uh, and we give Iran $6 billion and they are free to blow up, blow up some more Americans, which is what they did for years in Iraq. This is just shameless and I genuinely don't understand it. Usually, you know, it's ideology and I understand what the problems are. And this one I don't get. I don't get the timing. I don't get why you'd want to do this. I never quite understood why Kerry and Obama wanted to give Iran all that money in last, uh, uh, in the Obama administration. Why do we want to do it again? Why do we want to support these people? They hate us. They chant death to America. They hate us. And would like to see us blown off the map. And yet we're funding them just truly amazing, truly bizarre. But speaking of truly bizarre, we're going to get to this guy. Cause, uh, I'm going to defend him. Uh, We'll get back, we'll get back to Aaron Rodgers uh, and uh, the latest on him and uh, in the NFL, because it is fascinating. It is a wild story, but there is a liberal, I can't say I've ever really listened to him, but he's a pretty prominent liberal. He's got a lot of followers on social media. Uh, he's on MSNBC. His name is Dean Obadalla. Dean Obadala. He's got a host. He's got a show on XM, Sirius XM radio and uh, called the Dean Obadala Show. And uh, he was doing a podcast um, on Friday. This is a couple of days ago. And he was talking about Trump. And as usual, he's an MSNBC guy, so he hates Trump. And Trump's evil. And Trump's, you know, uh, you know, Trump must be stopped, which is how you have to view the world if you're on MSNBC or if you're on, uh, uh, if you're a you know, crazy liberal podcaster. And he says, and he got a lot of heat from this, from uh, the right. We got a lot of heat on social media. Uh, I'm sure there's pressure on SiriusXM to to uh, admonish him for this or suspend him. But I'm going to defend him. Let's listen to what he thinks should happen to Donald Trump. Go ahead.
2: Well, um, but I also think it's uh, go ahead. no. Yes. But I was on MS and I said that Donald Trump must die in jail. And that and the, and it came out weird because it sounded like I was hoping he gets stabbed in the shower, and that's not what I meant. <laughs> I meant like die of natural causes to be a deterrent to anyone else. And I don't care if you're a Democrat or if you're a Republican. Whoever attempts a coup in our nation again, that your fate must be death in a prison cell. That you live out your days I don't there. Think you said the words
1: must die in jail because otherwise I would. And I'm, this is going to be number one on the front page tomorrow. MSNBC's <laughs> no, I, I think Donald Trump, Trump.
2: I think Donald Trump must die in prison because. It, I don't care if he was 45 years old. You should get life in prison if you attempt a coup, and there should be no chance of parole. I don't care who it is. That's why I think Donald Trump or anyone else who attempts a coup must die in jail because either we're gonna protect the Democratic Republic and we're or we're gonna allow people, in this case, Trump, to chip away at our democracy and chip away at what we believe in these institutions. That's why I'm so passionate about, like with every fiber in my being, that Donald Trump has to live out his natural days, his last days of natural life in a prison cell. It's important to say to everyone, you can't do this. That's why it so outrages me when Ron DeSantis was on Newsmax a few days ago going, oh, we're going to look at pardons for the Proud Boys. Like Trump has said, this is outrageous. These people plotted an attack. The prosecutions laid out the case. They began plotting right after the election when Trump said the election was stolen. They brought Uh, the people there. They had uh, two guys. His co-host
0: tries to uh, correct him and say, Oh, I don't think he said that. (laughs) He says exactly what he said. And he said it again, Trump should die in prison. So he's getting a lot of heat for this, but here's where I'll defend him is every Democrat in the country thinks that why should this guy be singled out? Why is what he said wrong? If you're, Charging a guy, indicting a guy for 91 felonies, and he's 77 years old, and you got four different jurisdictions, and they're all looking for prison time, considerable prison time. They all want him to die in prison. Every Democrat in Congress, every Democrat in the country wants him to die in prison. And, I mean, they're all lying, just like this guy's lying, about a coup, which we all know he didn't attempt a coup. We've gone over that. Uh, I mean, the hell, the, the Senate acquitted him of that. After the rigged January 6 hearings, uh, you don't attempt a coup when you say go patriotically and peacefully protest. You know, you don't send a bunch of unarmed knuckleheads, you know, to climb the walls and go to the Capitol if you're really attempting a coup. It's absurd. But that's what every Democrat in the country thinks. If you're trying to put him in prison for years and he's 77, you want him to die in prison. I think the only thing I'd uh, correct is they would prefer him to be shanked in the shower. You know, they want it to be more dramatic than have him just grow old and die of natural causes, but they want him to die in prison. Yes. You know what? Joe Biden, if he's convicted of taking bribes, I mean, he's committed crimes. He's, he's 80 going on 102. If someone said he should die in prison, that means he should go to prison. That's all. If you say you should go to prison and you're 80, you're probably going to die in prison. By the way, Speaking of coups and insurrections, I mean, on a daily basis, we hear about the two-tier justice system. It was never more pronounced than last week when Enrique Tario got 22 years for, for encouraging his guys to go into the Capitol, which is exactly what Kamala Harris and Ayanna Pressley did with BLM and Antifa, encouraged them to burn and loot and commit crimes. Kamala Harris goes to the White House. Ayanna Pressley gets reelected. Enrique Terrario goes to prison for 22 years, and he wasn't even in D.C. Uh, The guy Joe Biggs or John Biggs got 17 years for pulling down a fence. No BLM or Antifa guy got anywhere near that for anything ever. Hell, we've gone over it. Guy who burned someone alive in Minneapolis got 10 years. The guy who burned the police station to the ground got four years. Every day, we're seeing other examples of how justice is dead in this country. And uh, yesterday was another example. Uh, the, um, this is from The Guardian. Several people were arrested after entering the office of Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, during a protest uh, for HIV and AIDS funding. Uh, The U.S. President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief, a widely bipartisan program, has been reauthorized three times. And Biden earlier indicated he would authorize it. But the program's latest extension has been caught up in a partisan fight over abortion. Okay, fine, a partisan fight. These protesters stormed the office of the Speaker of the House and occupied it. And none of them will do a day in jail. I thought this was an interaction. I thought this was a coup. I thought this was an attempt to undermine our democracy. What happened to all those calls for people who undermine our democracy to go to prison for decades? It's one thing if the, you know, the, the, guy, um, the conservative guy got more time for doing the same thing. They get, they get no time. I mean, these people will get no time. And that's the maddening thing. If we were a country that took this really seriously and didn't mess around and put people who occupied uh, Senate or congressional offices, if we took it seriously and we put them in prison, then fine, put them in prison. But you can't put one guy's, you know, one side in prison for decades and give the others a parking ticket. They arrested seven demonstrators. I'll be curious. I'm sure they were freed because we don't do bail anymore. If you're at least if you're a protester, Um, but the thing that amazes me is they don't even they're not even thinking that maybe they'll have to pay a price for this. You know that's the difference right now. If you're a anti-abortion protester, you're parent at a school board meeting, or if you're a proud boy, you can't step wrong without wondering. Are they going to put me in the D.C. Gulag? If you're a protester who wants more AIDS funding, um, you don't care about even storming the Capitol and walking and occupying the Speaker of the House's office. You know there'll be no there'll be no price to pay. You know that's how it works now. That's that's not even a concern of yours if you protest. All right, we were going to uh, let me get to uh, Shay, and then we're going to get to uh, what is this? We got Trump on at 9-11. That's a good point. That's a good one. Maybe we'll get to Trump at 9-11. I mean, 9-11-01 when Joe Biden was in D.C. claiming to be in New York. You know who was in New York? Donald Trump. And I want to play this video if we have time. I had never seen it before. The gate agent from Portland who checked Mohammed Anta in and knew or suspected he was up to something and didn't yank him out of line or call the authorities or anything because he didn't want to be called racist. I don't know. This is not new. This interview, although the guy is still around, he's retired, I believe. Uh, But it is chilling. And it makes you wonder, have we learned anything? If you were a gate agent today and you saw Muhammad Atta checking in and you had your doubts, he had a one-way ticket to LA. He was a, he was difficult. He was bitching because they made him go through security twice and this guy suspected he was up to no good and didn't do anything about it because of uh political correctness. What's changed if that were today in Portland or Boston and Muhammad Atta went through the gate agent would probably do the same thing because we have the same forces of, you know, political correctness or wokeness as we call it now that is in the back of people's minds and they would be reluctant or hesitant To say this Muhammad Atta guy, he's a bad dude. I mean, he changed our country. Yes, he did. I'm not sure for the better, but he caused billions in damages, killed 3000 people. But at least the gate agent wasn't accused of being uh, racist. We'll play that for you and uh, give you the latest on Aaron Rodgers. uh, But first, Uh, 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 excuse me. As you know, Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. This is your spring project, people. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great uh, values on designs that will fit your home. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade. The front entrance of your home giving you much better curb appeal. Make your front steps the talk of the town and do it now. Do it this spring. No reason not to. You know that removing the stairs is a pain. They're heavy awkward. And where do you take them when you get rid of them? Shea will take care of all that for you. They leave it to them. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's more than an upgrade. It's an investment. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey insulation experience. In a few hours, you'll get a brand-new front entrance. Learn more at Shayconcrete.com and... While you're there, you can look for a job. Shake Concrete is hiring. Right now, they're between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. That's it. Go to shakeconcrete.com. Yeah, this Trump video is good. I mean, this is the day that Joe Biden claimed he was in New York. Actually, this is the day before. This is 9-11. And Trump hustled down to the uh, scene and brought a bunch, like hundreds of employees with him. I think he wanted them to literally help the uh, first responders dig through the rubble. I'm sure there was plenty of things volunteers could do, help people and you know, get them phones and get them clothes and whatever. But uh, he brought his guys down there and went to it and uh, stark contrast to the uh, current sitting president who was in D.C. and lying about where he was that day. Let's listen to Trump.
1: I think we'll do fine about all this. You're a developer. You've built buildings all your life. Well, there's never been anything like this. It's disgraceful. And I hope we attack fast. I hope we find out who it is and go fast. Okay. Yeah. why do you want to come down here today? I have about a hundred men working down here. So just to spur them on. Hi, folks. Hi, folks. I have over a hundred and I hear doing an amazing job. So I just want to give them some support. Yeah, men from my company. We have another hundred coming in a little while. And how long have they been down here? They've been down here for about a day and a half. Have you talked to other developers? Are they donating their time, their their men's work? Well, I hope they are. I haven't really focused on that, but we have a lot of people coming down here and a lot of people down here now, and they're brave guys. A couple of them got hurt, but we're—I'm uh, just want to spur them on a little bit. What did you think when you heard about this? I was just down to Ground Zero. Ground Zero is a disaster. Um, I've never seen anything like this. I hope we act very quickly. I hope we find out who did it
0: and act accordingly and Mr. quickly. Do you have any? You know, his hair is exactly the same now as it (laughs) was. It's a little bigger now and a little, little slower, I suppose, but the hair is exactly the same. And so is the voice. Uh, But he was there. Joe Biden was not, not that uh, we uh, expected a U.S. Senator from DC to be in New York the next day, but you don't have to lie about it. Joe, you don't impress anybody with that. You don't impress. He's just a child. He really is a child, but uh, we have time. Don't we to do this. Uh, gate agent oh yeah oh man this uh it was just one of those things a lot of things you'd see on you know anniversary of 9-11 and you go wow i don't i never seen that before this is from years ago like 2005 i believe or now and you see what year this was um uh, ironhead uh it says uh this is from nbc the alleged mastermind of 9-11 uh terrorist attacks was angered when he learned he had to undergo security screening between flights on the morning of the suicide attacks. Michael Tui of Scarborough, Maine, said he was suspicious of Atta when he rushed through the Portland jetway to make his flight to Boston. Atta's demeanor and the pair's first class one-way tickets to Los Angeles made Tui think twice about uh, Atta and his cohort, Abdulaziz Alamari, the two checked in in Portland, went to Boston, met up with the other terrorists, got on the flight to Boston, to LA, and then uh, crashed it into the World Trade Center. But listen to this guy talk about checking Mohammed Atta in and ask yourself this, would anything be different today if Mohammed Atta was at Logan or in Portland today, this morning? Would anything be different? Go ahead. Okay, fine. I look at him and I'm saying, okay. He looks like a bottle of poison, you know. <laughs> the face he's got on. And that's when I, I I, made a mental comment to myself. And I said, if this guy don't look like an Arab terrorist, nobody does. And that thought actually went through my mind. And then I gave myself self. Uh, politically correct slap for even thinking that. And just, he's just a guy, he's going to LA on business, you know, I don't know. So, uh, I, I tag the bag, sent them on the way, check the ID.
1: See, that's crazy, because I didn't know that existed back then. Well, you had to check in. They didn't make you take your shoes off. No, 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 the uh, The political correctness. I thought that was all post nine eleven.
0: There was a story about how you're limited to the number of people of color or men of color that you could pull out of the lines. There was rules like that then. And there's rules like that now. We learn nothing. So if Muhammad Atta were going through Logan today. They would let him, through, and guys said, man, he looks scary, he's uh, whatever, he's uh, got a one-way ticket, he's belligerent. Um, they would be reluctant to pull him out and uh, and uh, interrogate him or question him because of that. And you know what Muhammad Atta would do if they pulled him out? He'd accuse him of being racist, because that's what we do in this country. That's what we do. And, uh, and hell, people think it's racist to close the border and stop people who are on the terrorist watch list from walking into our country. It's amazing. twenty two years later, we still have this problem of whatever political correctness, this fear of being labeled racist, this this idea that uh, everybody has a right to come to our country, anyone to walk in and we're giving six billion dollars to the biggest sponsor of t- state state sponsor of terrorism in the world. We've learned nothing. It is scary, but that's the way it is in Joe Biden's America. It is amazing we haven't been hit. I don't mean like to that extent of 9-11, but if we got all these people coming over the border on terrorist watch lists, isn't one of them bound to blow up a bus? I mean, isn't going to happen again if we don't change, <laughs> if we don't you know, prioritize our people, our country, over this notion of whatever, uh, inclusive, inclusivity, inclus- whatever. anyway Inclusivity. Yeah, that that's so important. Anyway, uh, that'll do it for today. Any update on Rogers? I've been keep looking. I want to see if he's got his MRI. Was, it was over this morning. I was just looking. I don't see I, anything. I oh. don't think there's any mystery involved. I do think all the you know sports TV radio will be consumed with this all day. But I don't think there's any mystery. They are screwed because Aaron Rodgers is out and Zach Wilson is in. And if you watch Zach Wilson, you can see physically. He's got gifts, man. He is a talented guy. He's got a good arm. He's, you know, he can move mentally. It's not there. They don't, he just doesn't have it. And he's replacing a guy who is one of the great, you know, thinkers who's ever played the position who could outsmart guys and read coverages and look guys off. I mean, it'll help that he gets a full week of practice, but they have a grueling schedule. The Jets do in the first month. It's going to be impossible, which is too bad. Uh, last year, he went seven and ten. Five of the wins were against teams with backup quarterbacks. So last year was rough. This year, obviously, they got some good new players. They got Dalvin Cook. They got Brees Hall back, but they're screwed and Jets fans are just going to have to, you know, come to grips with it and look, <laughs> look forward to next year. Who do you, just- Who do you think they should get? Uh, none, I guess uh, I guess you'd take a chance with. Well, you'd beg Matt Ryan, but he's not going to come back.
1: I would probably go with. I'd probably take a chance with Carson Wentz. We've Carson seen him. Carson Wentz oh, he's is great. the
0: best name on the list. I think Joe Flacco's probably done. I don't know, but and bring back Mike White. Isn't that who Montante wants? Bring back Mike White. He was better than. He proved to be better than Zach Wilson. I mean, Zach Wilson's making a lot more money and, you know, he's got a big contract, but they. They're they're a tough place because they can't you know uh, give up on the season and go for a top pick because they have too much talent they got too much money they got too many good players they got to go for it but uh, they got a big problem at quarterback and they got a tough division and a tough schedule and a tough city and it is too bad but uh, and we don't get to see Aaron Rodgers play that's that's a bummer maybe maybe money. Jamel Hill is onto some maybe it'll be uh, cap. <laughs> that would be so great. That would be one of the greatest moves. I would just love that. I would watch every Jets game and root for him to fail miserably, and he would. But oh, that'd so who be the Jets, something. Who's the, who the Jets got this week? I'm looking at their schedule. They got the they got the Patriots, obviously the Cowboys. They got the Dolphins. They got a they got. I think they got the Chiefs. They got tough games ahead. They could be you know, could be their last win for a while. Yeah, they but, got
1: they got. um uh, the Cowboys at four 30 on Sunday.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, maybe they'll catch the Cowboys sleeping on them, but, uh, we'll be watching anyway. That will do it for today. Did, uh, did you, did we get through this? You got some uh, work to do there, Ironhead? I got everything marked up already. Take two seconds. Are you, uh, are you coming to help set up? Are you coming to set up my studio again today? If you, Ironhead actually, uh, did something uh, <laughs> yesterday after the show, which he's never done that before. He actually did some some work after the show was over. He came to set up my studio, which we didn't didn't happen, of course. But uh, yeah, the guy guy ended up calling me at four fifteen. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, we ended up we ended up having you know a good day hanging out doing nothing together. We went for coffee. Yep. Although you didn't get a coffee. You're the guy that loves coffee more than anyone. You didn't get one. I already
1: had like three of these. And uh, um, I'd probably have a, you know, Callahan coffee, callahancoffee.com. Good. That's uh, better. St- you know, I went to some,
0: uh, <laughs> went to a little coffee shop in my neighborhood, but uh, where I'm apparently I'm very famous. As you saw, I got to, uh, people were like left coming and, up to me and left and people, right. People saying I'm much, they missed the radio. I'm like, do you listen to podcasts? And they're like, what's that? Uh, what's a podcast? I'm like, uh, actually, no, they were good. These guys knew what they were, knew how to listen to podcasts and they knew what I was doing and, and I got a free coffee out of it, which was good. <laughs> That's right. And I offered to you a pastry and you said, no, I yeah. guess uh, you're, uh, you saw, you're, uh, you saw the diet discipline firsthand. I did. You know, this is a place with great pastries and cannolis and you said, no, too many carbs. Too many carbs. And you didn't, you didn't eat anything. You didn't drink anything and you didn't get anything done. So it was a good day.
1: I got, I got part of it done. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to
0: fix it at some point, but I don't know about good. today. All right, well, let me know. Get to work, fix this thing up, and get this out. But uh, thanks to everyone for listening and comment. I never get to all these comments. People, they're commiserating. That was a wild thing last night, watching that game built up, and just the whole thing just ends after three plays. It was, you know, it it was one of those days. I'm glad I'm a fan. That's Rich's uh, thoughts on Zach Wilson. (laughs) His mom's hot. That's true. His mom is hot, very hot. And, uh, you know, he's... He's not boring. I'll put it that way. He yeah. stinks, but he's not boring bad. Joe Flacco is boring. Zach Wilson is not boring. Every time you see him play, you say his potential. He's got the gifts. Well, Joe but- Flacco throws the ball 50
1: yards every time he drops back, so it's kind of exciting. Right. <laughs> yeah, but he's so stiff. This guy can run. He can yeah.
0: flick it quick. I mean, he's got all the gifts, but the NFL, you need more than the physical gifts. You need the brain, and I don't think he has. But... Uh, Speaking of not having the brain, thanks, Ironhead. I'm Jerry <laughs> Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. God save the queen, man. Am I the only one
1: here tonight? Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right.
0: Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Or am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one?
1: Tell me. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com listen.